Hi, I'm Abby, a functional dietitian and gut health expert. Hi, I'm Jillian, a functional dietitian that specializes in women's health and hormones. And this is Your Body Has Your Back podcast. Together, we have over 20 years of experience supporting clients in healing their gut and hormone symptoms and guiding them from overwhelm to ease in their body. We help clients reconnect with their body and transform their lives using targeted nutrition, lifestyle, and supplement therapies. Finding optimal health in our modern chaotic world is more challenging than ever. And now it's our mission to provide you with the tools you need to strengthen your relationship with your body, to resolve your gut and hormone symptoms, and become your greatest health advocate. Join us for honest, inspired and offbeat conversations on health that will leave you feeling empowered to take action so that that you can can trust your body has your back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine. We are very excited about this episode today because we really want to open up and share more about our personal stories. Jilly and my journeys were very different in terms of the content, but very similar in terms of our personal realizations, the actual journey of healing itself, and certainly the challenges that we encountered along the way. And We know so many of you all and our clients often feel overwhelmed. That's kind of the general, I would say, descriptive word that most of our clients would use to describe themselves when they kind of come into our practices and our programs. There is an overwhelming amount of information, possible interventions, and different ideas that we hear from friends and family and people and social media that it it really can feel overwhelming. Not to mention, you know, when people come into our our practice and programs, they don't feel well. And that alone is overwhelming. So when we find the right support, the right guidance, and the means to do it that involves a holistic support, so we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about lifestyle, we're talking about targeted support, we can feel a sense of ease that we're on the right path. And that journey from overwhelm to ease, we know it so well because overwhelm to ease is our personal story as well. And We've been on that journey, that overwhelmed to ease journey. So it's not a coincidence that that both Jillia and myself have so much empathy and compassion for our clients and for this community that is on a path of seeking healing, whether you are overtly struggling with some pretty big symptoms or whether you're just looking to kind of support your health and maintain your health or really just feel, you know, a little bit better because we were our own first clients. So we are really going to dive in to share a little bit more about what that journey looked like. And Jilly's going to kick it off. Hey, Jillian here. I just wanted to pop in to remind you to check out my self-paced nutrition course, Eat to Heal Your PCOS. If you're a woman struggling with PCOS and you're dealing with all the unpleasant hormone symptoms like acne, irregular cycles, head hair loss, weight gain, and more, this course is for you. Eat to Heal Your PCOS was designed to help you discover simple and effective nutrition strategies to balance your hormones and to start resolving your PCOS symptoms naturally without unnecessary restriction or cutting out foods that you enjoy. 
Building a supportive foundation with your nutrition and knowing how to confidently fuel your body for balanced hormones is the number one place to start for healing your PCOS. So if you haven't checked out the Eat to Heal Your PCOS course, you can find it in our show notes or you can go to JillianGreaves.com to check it out. You can also take our free PCOS blood sugar imbalance quiz, which will help you to determine if this is the right course for you. So Jilly, where did your personal health journey, where did you start? Where do I begin? No. So my personal, I'll say hormone healing journey, because that was kind of a really big piece of what I was working through. My hormone healing journey started really about 10 years ago or a little over 10 years ago. And at the time I was getting my master's degree in nutrition. I was working full time in a really busy clinical nutrition research setting and was generally just in a very busy phase of life. Who out there can relate to being, yep. you know, in a in a never ending busy phase of life. But for me, this was a, a really kind of busy period of time. I was under a lot of stress with you know, kind of juggling or navigating both working full time and, you know, being in school. And I was also putting a lot of physical stress on my body. I was running half marathons. I was doing a lot of HIIT training. I was going to these, you know, boot camp classes, sometimes four or five days a week. I was eating predominantly a plant-based diet. I was scraping by on very little sleep so I could juggle the work, you know, school dynamic. And, you know, there was just generally a lot of of stress on the body. I had also been on hormonal birth control for about 11 years at that time. And I started to experience a lot of anxiety. I also started to really rather suddenly experience a lot of thinning with my hair over the course of a few months, a lot of thinning with my hair. My skin was breaking out, so I was getting a lot of breakouts or cystic acne along my jawline. And I actually started experiencing severe eczema, particularly on my legs, on my shins. And I just did not feel like myself. And you know, being in the nutrition health space, having an undergrad degree in nutrition, getting my master's in nutrition, working in clinical nutrition research, I'm beating myself up because on paper, I'm like doing all the healthy things, right? And it was frustrating. And there was almost a level of of shame attached to it in terms of how am I experiencing these things when I know what I know and I do what I do. So I really started to dig into research on women's health specifically to try to better understand my own body and begin to really question how my diet, my lifestyle was, you know, or could be playing a role in what I was experiencing. And I also really started to look into the birth control pill that I had been on for so long that I had never even questioned. And that in all honesty, I didn't even really understand in terms of the mechanism of action, how this birth control was impacting my body, shutting off my own hormones. You know, it's something that I had had been taking for so long. So I really started to kind of dive in, ask questions, assess my own diet and lifestyle, assess you know, things that I had learned, you know, with just kind of conventional nutrition training and really dove into the birth control piece of things. Surprise, surprise, there was a lot of research showing that, you know, hormonal birth control, especially over time with prolonged use, depletes the body of key nutrients, causes gut disturbances, drives inflammation. It's associated with mood disorders like anxiety and depression. And by no means am I saying that, you know, I am anti-birth control or that, you know, birth control was the sole reason that these things were happening in my body. I think you can probably already tell that there was a a lot of things going on contributing to what I was experiencing, but this was also a really important piece of the puzzle. And how long, you know, when you were from that kind of 
having that lifestyle, half marathons, like all of the, you know, the reward of busyness because you were doing amazing things to kind of the questioning and the the coming to the other side of maybe these tools that I'm actually over relying on aren't serving me. Like how long did that process kind of take you to like almost let it sink in of being like, how much am I creating of this stress and how much is maybe you know, some some deeper dynamics that that might need support in my body. It took some time. And, you know, I previously was definitely someone at this period of time that was running on stress hormones. I was thriving, addicted almost to stress hormones, right? Where it was just the, you know, the more I had on my plate, the more I was, you know, just really feeling productive. And, you know, I just, I was addicted to that stress in a sense. And, It took me, I would say, once I started experiencing symptoms and, you know, really looking into things myself, trying to investigate things a little bit more, it took me about a full year, I would say, to come to terms with the fact that the way that I was treating my body, the way that things were operating, that go, go, go mentality, sleep when you're dead type mindset like we've talked about here, it really took me, I would say, about a full year. And it really took my symptoms getting loud enough and my body screaming at me enough to really take it seriously. And I, you know, started to suspect that my diet, my lifestyle, the prolonged birth control use, all of these things were likely coming to a head and creating dysfunction in my body to the point where it was, you know, not waving the white flags anymore. It was waving the red flags. And the thing that really intrigued me the most was that I did suspect that the prolonged birth control use was potentially masking a a deeper issue. With using the combined oral contraceptive, I hadn't had a true period in well over a decade. I didn't even know what my hormones were doing. So I really just started to ask a lot of questions to get really curious and to kind of dive into learning about all of these things. And I did make the decision that I wanted to come off the birth control to really learn more about my body and my own hormones. That was a frightening thing uh, when I ripped the Band-Aid off and came off the birth control, even with trying to kind of, you know, prep myself and, you know, learn as much as I could. Everything got worse. All of my symptoms got worse. My period did not come back right away. And it was very, very frustrating. And I actually sought out support from my PCP and kind of brought everything to her that I had learned, everything I'd been dealing with, and really asked for her support in this transition I was going through. And I kid you not, she laughed in my face and told me that my option was to go back on birth control. And that was it. Oh, my God. She basically disregarded any of my concerns. And really, I wanted to be collaborative in terms of what can I do to support my body with this big transition and after this long-term birth control use. And she had zero interest in, you know, being a partner or being collaborative in this process. And this is also pretty crazy. And I feel like I I don't even know if I've I've shared my story a, a few different times before, but I don't know if I've ever shared this piece of things in terms of I'll never forget that appointment where, you know, she basically laughed at me, was just, you know, disregarding everything that I had wanted to talk to her about in regards to my symptoms in the birth control. And she left the room, came back and handed me a, uh, without my permission or asking me, she handed me a prescription for plan B Oh my gosh. because I wasn't on the birth control anymore. And I remember so vividly leaving that appointment sobbing 
crying. I called my husband, who was not my husband at the time, but called, you know, Andrew crying, called my mom crying. Like, what am I going to do? This is so frustrating. I'm so defeated. And I was not going to give up because I knew there was more to the story here. But I then sought out numerous other conventional providers where I was told, you know, take this medication for your skin, put on this topical steroid for the eczema. Do you want to explore, you know, anxiety medication? And it's not that, you know, these medications can't be a piece of the puzzle, but these were the only things that I was offered. And I was just not willing to accept that that was the answer. I knew there were deeper things going on in my body and I I wanted answers. And that self-advocacy, it, it takes so much energy to do that and then to do it again and again and again and kind of be hit with, you know, at a certain point for some people, they're like, okay, I guess medication is my only answer because I've gone to you know, all of these people, but we have to remember that like those people only had the tools in their toolbox. Like their tools weren't the tools that you were looking for. You wanted, you know, someone to talk about nutrition, someone to talk about lifestyle, someone to talk about what is the dark side of birth control and, you know, how can it be, you know, that informed consent. And and I think that's the, the challenge that you certainly hit up against that I think so many of, you know, our community and our clients hit up of where do you go and what steps do you take after after we kind of hit the end of maybe where conventional medicine and functional medicine, where that divide is. So, you know, what do those steps look like? What did you kind of after you kind of hit that, you know, that chasm and making the jump into like, okay, I guess, you know, I have to find someone who thinks differently or practices differently, or maybe I myself have to think and practice differently. Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. And, you know, there was a a few pieces of this. A big piece, I will say, was me doing a lot of research and, and questioning my behaviors and looking for opportunities to learn about female physiology and to understand, you know, deeper root causes. And I wasn't even in the functional medicine, you know, world at the time. But I knew there was was more to the story. And I truly wish there was uh, more support, more resources when I was struggling at that time. But I think the big turning point for me was, you know, I started to make a lot of changes on my own and was seeing some improvement, you know, some, you know, improvements with, you know, skin and eczema and things like that, improvements with anxiety. But, you know, it was still up and down. I wasn't getting full resolution. I didn't have full answers in terms of, you know, what was driving these things. And I actually, uh, during that time period, I, I finished up my master's and I started my dietetic internship or my dietitian training at the University of Michigan. And one of my preceptors there, shout out to Kathy Rhodes, if you ever listen to this, this podcast podcast, who is now actually retired, but she was a preceptor of mine. She basically ran the nutrition department in a cardiac rehab outpatient, you know, center at U of M. And she was IFM trained and she was kind of driven into the world of functional medicine based off her own health experiences and brought so much of this to the outpatient clinic there. And she was really my first exposure to functional medicine in terms of like, wow, there is so much more to the story here. And there is a lot of, you know, investigative work that can be done. And all of these things, these symptoms I'm experiencing are likely very interconnected. So that was really eye-opening for me. It was exciting. It was motivating. I learned about just this whole world that I didn't really know about in a in a true kind of deep way. So that's where I really kind of dove in much deeper and started, you know, seeking out more formal training, advanced training in functional medicine, you know, doing different programs, learning again a lot about the women's health specific kind of components, which was just a big piece of my story. And, you know, I will say I had a lot of training, formal training in nutrition at this time and a lot of experience working in clinical 
nutrition research, I had the ability to evaluate research and I was still struggling and it still took me a long time. And I, I, you know, that's where I just really feel for people that come at this with no background, you know, like, like Abby and I have, but ultimately it was the exposure during my internship. And it was kind of like the light bulbs went off and I knew that this is what I, I wanted to dive into and needed to dive into. And Ultimately, I was able to, you know, learn a lot, try a lot myself, eventually do deeper, more advanced testing, which revealed a lot of issues from chronic stress and cortisol chemistry standpoint. Those were big pieces of my health puzzle. And ultimately, I changed how I fueled my body entirely, um, which involved a lot more carbohydrates, uh, a lot more animal proteins, bioavailable nutrients that were actually, you know, really supporting the health of, of my hormones and the adrenals and really overhauling how I supported my body through movement, a lot of nervous system support. And it was a lot of work done over a long period of time. And I also had a lot of support in terms of, you know, support from family, friends, my husband, colleagues, a Along the way. And, you know, I feel so proud today to be able to say I no longer have acne or eczema. I have a regular symptom free period. I don't deal with any of those symptoms that I used to. However, I will be completely honest that this this took a lot of time, um, primarily because I was hacking a lot of it together on my own. And, you know, this was so, so frustrating. And I think, you know, Abby is going to share a little bit about how, you know, she brought all of this together for her health on her health journey. But I think this is a common theme with providers like Abby and I that leave almost, I don't want to say leave, but we're conventionally trained and have personal experiences that motivate us to dive deep into functional medicine and other healing modalities because conventional medicine just falls short. So this kind of personal experience for me is what really motivated me to want to do what I do now and to provide women with the support that I desperately wished I had had when I was struggling, where I felt like I didn't even have anyone to talk to about it, right, that would understand. And although it was very challenging, I am so grateful for everything that I have experienced because I feel like it changed the trajectory of my life, my career. And, you know, I just feel like this is sort of my my calling at the end of the day. And I meant to do this work and to provide women with this support and to make it a lot easier than it was for me. <laughs> that story in particular, I think that the piece that you were saying of, well, there's a couple of like, first, like sometimes where we get support, it doesn't look like where we think that support's going to come from, like a preceptor, which is, you know, within the confines of school. And I mean, being in the nutrition field, like, you know, you landed in a great place for that, but it's kind of like getting curious about, and like talking to people and opening, you know, kind of our eyes to maybe different perspectives can be a, a great place to come at and to, and to realize too, for you, what you kind of said of like that suspicion of, I think my symptoms are connected because that's where we can get into a pill for every ill and kind of feel like we're divided up into these like different systems and not really connect that like, oh, there's actually like an overall dynamic that's happening in my body that, you know, that I have some control over and, and functional medicine. You know, when you were kind of saying like IFM trained the Institute of Functional Medicine and finding functional medicine like at its foundation is lifestyle medicine. And the biggest pieces of, you know, yes, the functional testing that you did to understand hormones like that is, you know, such a wealth of information and really makes a, a tremendous difference for people healing. But it's like first and foremost, like those tests won't take us to the finish line if we're not shifting 
shifting the lifestyle and the nutrition pieces in ways that could feel like I know I can imagine you're switching from being this like vegetarian marathon runner, like lower carbohydrate intake, all the things that you're like, check, check, check. I'm doing so good. And then realizing like, oh, I need to eat more. I have to eat more carbohydrates. I have to slow down on my you know, intensity endurance runs. Like there's a lot of fear that we can have of women in the 21st century of like, what is that going to do to my body, particularly maybe our image around our body. And only until like those symptoms got so loud that you were like, okay, this is, you know, I'm, I'm not getting what I'm doing these things for, but like that is an, in and of itself, like an emotional obstacle for a lot of women to overcome. I'm sure you see that a lot in your practice and, and obviously have felt it in your own life. A hundred percent. It's something that is relevant for, I would say most women that I work with truly because there's so much ingrained in us over the years in terms of, you know, what is healthy, like, you know, quotation marks or whatever it is here. It's a lot of unlearning often that my clients are doing. And I had to go through that too, you know, even with the, the training that I had. Conventional nutrition training, it's cookie cutter. I don't feel that in terms of the traditional nutrition education that I had, particularly in undergrad, that, you know, I was getting the most kind of up-to-date evaluation of the research and how to kind of like integrate this into supporting patients and creating guidelines and things like that. And once you sort of dive in, you do realize like, oh, wow, there's a big disconnect here in terms of like what we're learning, you know, in the nutrition world, what newer research is saying, what we're seeing with people in practice. So also the gaps in terms of the translation of research to like real life. So for me, it was a, a lot of unlearning. And ultimately, it was really about learning how to work with my body and not to just follow guidelines at the end of the day, but to truly deeply nourish my body, to care for my body, to work with my body versus, you know, kind of fighting against it. And, you know, even when I was dealing with symptoms, you know, in a big way and they were kind of at their most heightened state, I was still being told by providers, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're the picture of health, you know, keep eating healthy, keep exercising. Oh, you're running five days a week. Are you doing all this hit training? Wonderful. Your BMI looks great. You know that it's just like, really? And it just it's it's so backwards. And I was kind of getting pulled into that trap of my health being treated like a game of whack-a-mole, like you're describing where it's like, oh, you, you know, let's suppress this symptom. And then this thing pops up and suppress this symptom. And again, I always like to reiterate, it's not that medications can't be a, a tool, but they should never be the only tool in, you know, my opinion. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very, very frustrating, but there was a lot of unlearning involved for me and just a big, deep focus on nourishment. But with diving in to that and really learning about my body, listening to my body, working with my body. And I think my clients, you know, towards the end of working together, it's not always easy in the beginning when you're in the trenches of it. But, you know, for me, it was so like liberating and I just felt so deeply connected, even when I was still looking to make progress with things because I really knew how my body was speaking to me and I felt good about how I was responding. And I think that's a big thing for clients as well in terms of just feeling deeply connected to really have a better understanding of how to to fuel and nourish and to just not feel like you're fighting your body at the end of the day. And I think having known you now for for years and and not only been such a good friend but also like just a like partner in practice and and providers and like I feel that from you in terms of your greatest mission of like helping, you know, your clients to work in tandem with their body. And you know, I like to think that that is, you know, my mission as well of like we're, we don't have to fight against like our body's not bad, it's not broken. And I think you have helped to reiterate those learnings and those lessons to me. And it kind of brought those out in my practice, like 
over these years. And it definitely comes through like very loud and clear. I mean, you know, we call this podcast for everybody has your back for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, enough about me. I've done enough chatting over here. I want to hear a little bit more about your story, Ab. Will you kind of tell everyone a little bit about your personal health journey and just take us back? So similar to Jilly's of her kind of like hormone healing journey, like mine was a gut healing journey. So, you know, it's no mistake as to why Jilly went kind of more into women's health and hormones and I went more into gut. You know, yes, they are deeply interconnected. So are we ever talking about just one? No, but I really chronically struggled with with gut symptoms. And what's interesting is, you know, when I try to think back and I hear this from clients all the time as to like, when did your symptoms start? Like, I actually don't know because I was chronically constipated for a significant portion of my life. And I didn't know that it was abnormal because I was told for years that once I kind of started to like question it of being like, hey, like I don't go to the bathroom every day. And like, I kind of feel really uncomfortable and bloated. And like, is that normal to go to the bathroom every once every three days? I think it was when I when I kind of came to around it. I was told for a long time that like, yeah, that's just your body's pattern. That's totally normal. Oh my gosh. I know. So when I think back as to like, when did that start? I'm like, I don't actually know because I know when I started to question it, but I don't actually know when it was abnormal because are you ever asked at a primary care? And and hopefully the answer to some of our like, you know, community listening is now no, but like, are you ever asked how frequently you go to the bathroom? And even like detailed, like I will go deep in terms of like, great, how frequently, but now we're going to talk about the color and the consistency and the size and the feeling and like all the things. And I'm like all the TMIs that nobody, you know, everyone actually gets kind of excited about once we like get through the uncomfiness. But, you know, I was chronically constipated. I also had chronic fatigue. And what's interesting is, you know, the chronic constipation was really uncomfortable and it made me very uncomfortable in my body. And I was very bloated and distended. And that for a young woman, like that felt very, very uncomfortable. But I think the chronic fatigue was more of the motivator in terms of what like deeply scared me and prevented me from like participating in my life, which is one of the reasons why I talk about so much today of like, you know, our gut health, but the non-gut symptoms that come along with the IBSs and the gut and the, the gut symptoms of like that fatigue and those skin conditions and the brain fog, because those are connected and realizing that like all of those pieces of my struggles were connected. And I didn't know that early on. I just kind of similar to your journey. Like I went to my primary care and I remember this very specifically because I finally hit a point of kind of going into grad school. And actually, I guess it was on my way into grad school that I started kind of this like questioning. And I remember going to a primary care. I was actually living on Nantucket for the summer with friends. And I went home to go to a a primary care visit because I really felt uncomfortable and, you know, started asking them about bloating, whatever. I was actually in integrative primary care and they ran me through like lactose intolerance symptoms. And I I didn't have that because I wasn't having like loose stools 30 minutes after meals. I was chronically constipated. And like they asked me some other, you know, questions. And then they were asking me a little bit of like, oh, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm living on Nantucket. And like, you know, they asked me like, oh, well, do you drink alcohol? And I said, yes, because I was at the time. And they said, well, that's it. That's why you feel the way you do. It's because of the alcohol. And I definitely was like, I'm aware that like alcohol is not great for me. But I was like, no, no, like pretty sure that this has been present for like years and years. And I'm just talking about it now. And I happen to be on, you know, 
on this island, living this life for the past like three months. But I was like, this is not my whole life. That was the end of the conversation. Wow. You know, and I had tried then kind of from there, like started to just take things into my own hands, realizing that like I got very like kind of shut down and felt like, all right, well, they don't have any more tools for me. And I thought I was at this, you know, like forward thinking practice, like, let me try doing every elimination diet under the sun. So, you know, I was vegetarian and that tanked my energy even more. I did FODMAP and that seemed to help a little bit, but very limiting and and wasn't actually getting, you know, I followed it for a very long time and it wasn't really helping. It didn't help me go to the bathroom anymore frequently, helped a little bit with the bloating, but I was still chronically constipated, chronic fatigue. You know, I was the healthiest person that I knew. And I, I put that in quotations because, you know, what does that even mean? But it's like anyone that I would share this with in my life would be baffled. They'd be like, well, you, you, and would go through the list of the things that I don't do. They're like, well, you don't, you know, eat. I took gluten out very early on because, or I kind of got questioning about it. Cause that was, you know, some of the things I like really didn't eat a lot of dairy. I didn't like, I mean, at the time, you know, wasn't eating a ton of animal proteins, what like the list of things that I didn't do and I wasn't doing. But that was the only perspective that I looked at my health through. And that I think that everyone else around me looked at my health through of like, but you don't do all these things. I was like, yeah, I feel like a very unfun person who doesn't do all (laughs) these things and still feels like total crap. And when I talk about chronic fatigue, like it's more than just being tired. Like I was tired. But when I was in grad school, like I would come home. Granted, I would also start the day at like 530 in the morning with a 45 minute spin class because I also carried extra weight on my body that I desperately, you know, was, was again, I don't live a lifestyle that felt in alignment with carrying an extra 10, 15, you know, 20, whatever those pounds were. So I would start the day with my like, you know, 45 minute spin, sometimes at 530 in the morning, go to grad school. And I would come home incapable of like doing anything else other than falling face down on my bed and taking like a two hour, like coma nap and waking up and being like, okay, all right, I feel like a human again. I guess I'll dive into my schoolwork and all of these other things that, you know, like maybe have a social life on top of having that experience, but really feeling, just feeling like I was doing or not doing, I guess, all of these things that should be the things that were making me feel good and really just spinning my wheels in the in the very same same place and struggling. Quite frankly, my symptoms were getting worse. I think in, in grad school, they really hit the height of the worst constipation that I had been experiencing because now I was using some of the tools that we were learning in conventional training, more water and more fiber. That was not helpful for me at the time. Too much fiber, <laughs> not helpful for constipation, at least in my situation, more exercise, like, you know, taking more foods out of my diet. Like that was the journey that I was living. And really what you're describing is, again, that working against your body and feeling like, okay, I'm I'm doing all the healthy things. I'm not doing the outwardly unhealthy things. And really also too, in terms of, okay, maybe you weren't utilizing medications or things like that as a, a band-aid approach, but elimination diets, right? Where you're, you know, kind of taking out all the foods. Abby and I both talk a lot about how elimination diets really, yes, they they can be a tool, but they are also a Band-Aid. And, you know, they're not getting at that root cause. What I think is so profound about what you mentioned, which I actually didn't know was part of your story, was the, you know, kind of integrative health provider that kind of threw the, the blame of the constipation on drinking alcohol, where one, that just doesn't any sense at the end of the day, but two, really kind of putting the blame on you in a sense of like this 
thing that you're choosing to do. It's causing all of your, you know, kind of chronic constipation. And I can only imagine how heavy that must have felt for you and also just kind of, you know, frustrating and, you know, feeling like, you know, you had this provider that maybe would you know, offer more kind of insights or understanding. And here they are gaslighting you in a sense in terms of, you know, not getting curious about anything else and just saying, oh, this is it. You know, you're causing the problem here. Totally. And at that time, I knew alcohol wasn't helping my symptoms because I would feel, you know, so much more distended and like a sensitive stomach and just like exhausted like the day after having, you know, any amount of alcohol. So so it was so hard to be in that position because I was like, I know you're not wrong, but you're also not right. But I was like, am I going to argue with this nurse practitioner who's who's actually been a lovely provider for me otherwise, but was so definitively like putting the blame on this one thing that I didn't have enough knowledge at the time to like say anything back. So I just kind of was like, okay, like I guess. And in my head, I I think without in that moment knowing that I was doing this, but I was like, I guess I'm going to do this alone then kind of in the same way that you did of like, I'm going to figure this out because nobody else is going to help me. And that's where then the like taking out of all of the things in my diet. And I was also through grad school, I started to experiment with fasting, which we have a lot to say on and we have an episode coming up on it. So we won't dive into it here. But it was it was probably the worst thing that I could have done for myself because I definitely felt better when my system was empty. So I would do long fasts and I would push breakfast off and I would actually like feel good because I was running on stress hormones. And I was, you know, undernourishing my body from not only the fasting, but then I was I was chronically constipated. So it doesn't feel good to eat food, let alone eat enough food. And that was probably part, you know, or that was significantly part of my problem because my thyroid was also not doing great. And low thyroid function can drive constipation and under eating can drive low thyroid function and and this vicious cycle. But I wasn't knowledgeable enough at the time to put all of those pieces together. And and nobody that I was working with really dug into the nutrition and lifestyle piece enough because I did start in grad school early on. I did get introduced to the world of functional medicine through shadowing a functional medicine doctor. And what I found really interesting And I will attribute like so much of, you know, just getting insight into this world, being able to question and and get validation of like, no, it's not normal to not go to the bathroom every day. Like we want a bowel movement every single day. We want it to be fully void, all that stuff. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Someone's telling me what I want. Like I want my body to do that. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. And then was able to give me some tools, like some supplements to help me go to the bathroom every day. Band-Aid, but like God, I was so grateful for that Band-Aid. And I had to use those for a really long time. So I think some of those, like until I really got to the root causes of like what was leading to, to that poor thyroid function, to the low motility, to like all of these things. And I think the pieces of, you know, getting some validation that like those were not because we're not normal and we don't kind of validate it in terms of I want it to feel different. So using those tools as Band-Aids were really helpful, but it really wasn't until I started to bring the lifestyle pieces in. And, and the part that you know I found very interesting was I was in this functional medicine practice with a, a very brilliant functional medicine doctor, and there was no conversation or very minimal conversation about nutrition and lifestyle. It was very much supplements. And, you know, we use a good amount of supplements in our practice. And I I certainly do. My clients are listening. They're like, yes, she does. But I was only taking me so far. And until we really brought in that lifestyle and, and nutrition piece, did I actually, you know, start to really feel some healing in my body. And I think that's where 
dietitians in that functional world, like I think that we really need to be talking about, and that's really what we do in terms of like, it needs to be like a three prong approach. We've got to talk about nutrition and lifestyle and personalized supplements have a significant role in there too, but it's not just them alone. Hi, Abby here. And I wanted to check in with you all about your gut health. Are you ready to heal your gut, eliminate digestive symptoms and experience better energy, clear skin and improve focus? You might be surprised to discover the one thing holding you back is something that affects every system in the body. But if you're like every client I've worked with, you've not heard about it before. And unless you address this one key body process, no diet, supplement, or lifestyle change will have the lasting impact you want. That one system is your drainage system. And I'll teach you exactly what you need to do to get that system functioning again in my free training so you can finally heal your gut and eliminate those frustrating energy, skin, and brain fog symptoms once and for all. So if you're ready, sign up for the free drainage system training through the link in our show notes or go to abovehealthnutrition.com and it's right at the top of our homepage. We've talked a little bit about how there are so many different ways that supplements can be helpful or complementary to a healing journey. But if if that's the only approach, it's only going to get you so far. And truly, Abby and I have had countless conversations around our frustration with how, you know, things have kind of evolved in the functional medicine world. And that, like Abby said earlier in this episode, functional medicine is, it's it's rooted in lifestyle, right? And changing habits, lifestyle behaviors, nutrition, and utilizing the targeted supplements. And what we see so often and what Abby, you know, experienced here firsthand is people getting, you know, the testing done or getting started on a lot of supplements and the really important core foundational things that are going to support the body in getting back to a place of balance these things are just completely overlooked and never talked about, which feels so bizarre when that is really the the core of, you know, what this work involves and where we're really going to see the the needle move. You know, it's a big problem. And again, you know, Abby and I really part of why we started this podcast was to really be able to talk about these things and to give people access to the important fundamentals that you can get started with today that are going to support your gut and hormones. But I'm really curious, Abby. So two things. One, how did you figure out the the right steps when you were kind of in the thick of healing? So like the elimination diets and the fasting and all the things, how did you figure out the right steps or what was like the turning point for you in, in that journey? And I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on the process around, okay, you know, the um, constipated, the thyroid is, is compensating. You mentioned that you were you were struggling with the body holding on to a little bit more weight than what felt comfortable for you. You know, I'm just curious with all of these different things compounding, you know, what was the turning point? And then also, how did you navigate the healing process kind of from a, a mindset, mental perspective as well? Yeah, I wish it was more graceful. <laughs> and it was similar to, to you in a way. Like it was, I mean, I would say start to finish my healing journey has been 15 years from that kind of grad school discovering functional medicine to today, let's call it eight years. So those kind of initial steps were doing some deeper functional testing because I had access to that. And that was kind of one of my roles in the practice. So I ran tests on myself and figured out, you know, I ran a full thyroid test and started to see like, oh, my, you know, the underperforming of my thyroid, it wasn't converting great. I had an elevated TSH, like basically hypothyroid. And I did have parasites in my gut also. Um, 
And that was kind of my introduction to like parasites and like, what? Like we can have those in the gut. Like this is crazy. I feel like I have an alien living inside of me and realizing like, oh, that's creating some inflammation. Like, okay, starting to put together that like the gut and I had, you know, a lot of permeability in my gut. So the the barrier was broke down, leaky gut. We might kind of more trendy call it and starting to put together the pieces of the puzzle, but I still felt like it was a bunch of whack-a-mole. Like, why was this happening for such a prolonged period of time? And like, what was the story? What was the connector? Because none of those in their own right felt like true root causes. And we would, you know, we're supporting them. I was doing, you know, antimicrobials and I had SIBO too, and really starting to support all these things and still feeling like I was just kind of like, throwing a lot of things in my system and they would help, but they wouldn't take me to like full healing. So then that next step was really delving into like the nutrition and lifestyle. I had met Jilly at the time too, and was, you know, so helpful in really mirroring the importance of, are you eating enough? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I'm aware of that, but I'm chronically (laughs) constipated and I don't want to eat more. And I feel better fasted. And like this conversation was like back and forth between the two of us. Like, and that piece was like so hard because also then carrying the extra weight and like pulling myself away from spin, like all of those things. I was like, what's going to happen to my body? Like, am I going to like gain weight? I mean, that felt like when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was a big fear at the time. And finally, really with like that support and that kind of, you know, the education and really realizing that like, wow, this is a huge piece that like my body is protecting me so hard and I am under supporting it so hard by like over demanding its, you know, exercise and undernourishing that when I started to bring those pieces in, I feel like I I got, you know, I, I started to have more full bowel movements. Was the constipation cleared? Absolutely not. But I started to get a little bit more energy support. I started to realize the importance of the adrenals in that whole picture and how, Woo-hoo. yeah, really like shout out for the adrenals <laughs> and how those are involved in, you know, educating the thyroid as to the safety of the body and, and starting to bring the lifestyle pieces in and starting to see a little bit of that fog clearing and also when getting to a place of, you know, really seeing like, okay, I'm doing all of this stuff. And now this is, you know, let's like shrink the timeline to two or three years ago, more like probably two years ago of really realizing like, okay, now I'm actually doing all the things and I'm feeling a lot better. Like I wouldn't say I had chronic fatigue two years ago, but I was my energy where I believed it should be. No. And that took us to another place of like, what else could be going on? And that's where we started to get curious about mold which previously was something that I I had heard about it, but it was very much talked about in this, like, it's so rare. People don't get exposed to it. It's like crazy to talk about mold toxicity. You are like a wackadoo, like, you know, all of these like things that when I thought about, I was like, that couldn't be, that couldn't be my thing. But I was still looking for like, why Like, why is my body, you know, why did I have a parasite? Why did like, and you know, we could pick those things up from our environment, but why was I still experiencing all of these kind of ill health symptoms like puffiness and weight retention, the fatigue, foggy brain, just like feeling just not vital and, and certainly chronic constipation. And I ran mycotoxin testing, which is a urine test. And it came back so high and really realizing like, okay, I have to learn a tremendous amount about this because (laughs) I don't really know what I'm looking at, but I think this is the last piece of the puzzle. And I truly believe it It was now sitting here today, really more in a maintenance phase of my life. 
And it's you know amazing to say that after 15 years and there's, you know, I'm still taking supplements. I am still focusing every single day on the nutrition, always thinking about, am I eating enough? And did I have enough protein? Those are like the constants in my brain and really Ongoing. the constants that I tried. Yeah. <laughs> but all of our clients are like, oh my God, it's like, does she talk about anything else? But they're so <laughs> important. And also like reevaluating like when exercises too is too much. And, and it takes a long time for some of the like adrenals to heal. And, um, so there was a lot of like ebb and flow in like movement in, in my life. And only, you know, recently have I even explored more of like heavier lifting and things that like, I'm like, Oh, I actually, I feel good when I do this and I feel good two hours after it. And I feel good the next day, like, you know, really actually working in, in community with my own body to say like, all right, body, like, how did that feel? Like, I know we want to lift weights and we want to do these higher like intensity exercises. Cause we think we're at the place that we could do them now, but like, how do you feel body? And really also realizing part of that, you know, in that conversation with my body, the physical body, but also getting in conversation with my emotional body, I think was, was a massive part of that healing in that kind of last two years. And this was like the COVID era. So I had, you know, we had a lot of time on our hands. And that's really, I think, a whole avenue that I dove into in a very intense way that I, you know, hadn't really before and realized like there was a lot of stuff from, you know, childhood and life and limiting beliefs and like stored in my body. And when we think about like constipation, like energetically, I mean, literally, you're not going to the bathroom, so you're not releasing the waste from your body. Energetically, like you're holding on and you're not like willing to let things go. And mold is often shows up as like old emotions that need to be cleared. And so like letting go of old emotions, I was like, oh God, I have a, I have a whole suitcase of those. It's like stored <laughs> in different areas of my body. And like, so that kind of doing those in tandem and realizing, and I think, I know, you know, Jillian, I have lots of conversations about this and I certainly bring this massively into practice now of like, I so strongly believe that like we can't feel heal our physical body until we recognize how intertwined it is with our emotional body. I could not agree more. And I think that's the hard stuff, truly, is accepting that that's an important piece of the process, creating awareness around some of the things, you know, that your body is holding on to, your subconscious, and it's it's work, but it's incredibly rewarding. And I think both both Abby and I, you know, can confidently say that when our clients are open to integrating some of that work alongside, you know, the really tangible physical things in terms of, you know, the nutrition and the lifestyle habits and the supplements, the progress that people make, especially when there are just more complexities, you know, there's a mold exposure, there's, you know, kind of uh, really chronic symptoms happening. The leaps and bounds people make with their health when we combine all of these things. It's just, it's really, really profound. And I know firsthand uh, in terms of being, you know, friends with Abby that you really did the work. You were, you were in the trenches of it. And that, it, again, that stuff is just not easy, but, you know, clearly it was a big piece for you in getting to where you are today, where you can sit here and, and say, which gives me goosebumps that, you know, you're, you're in maintenance mode and we're all, you know, health truly is a journey. You know, we're all tweaking and fine tuning or have things ebb and flow, but to be able to say that, you know, after going through what you have been through and all of the different layers of this is it's pretty incredible. 
it even still feels it to myself because it really like, was it that long ago? Like, no, when, when there was even some of my worst symptoms started to happen, especially after I got myself out of like mold, like my body started to clear things and like, that didn't feel great. And I think the, the piece that consistency and that like, it needs to be a lifestyle. This is not a sprint when we are like healing and working in tandem with our body. It is the pieces of that, like the emotional work and the nervous system work, the stress work, the feeding our body and nourishing our body every day. Like those are the tools that are really going to, to make the biggest difference. And and those can feel like the most challenging at times because they're asking us to show up for ourselves, to create time, to, you know, prep in some instances, to carve out time, to like change maybe some of our like relationships with our free time or even relationships with maybe people in our lives. And that's not easy work. It certainly wasn't easy work for me, but similar to your story, like I waited or I guess I didn't wait, but like my symptoms got so bad that there was no other choice of like, I will literally try everything. And to this day, you know, I want to like thank molds now. And I think that, you know, I know talking to a lot of like my clients who come to the other side of like feel similar in terms of not what I ever wish for these things to happen, but a lot of these like health, you know, do we call them like health crises happen to maybe shed some of those like old patterns or to shed like the old version of ourselves and really invite in like who we were brought into this world to be. Maybe that's me trying to make sense of like crazy times, but I think that, you know, it really brought me to be the provider that I am today and continuously like aim to be better and better every day and be really honest about even my own shadows of like when I kind of like bring them out into the light, I'm like, they're not that scary anymore. You know, I think just being able to even talk about it here, I'm sure there are so many people listening that this resonates with and, and you know, hopefully this work can feel a little bit less scary. Or maybe if you've done all of the things for, you know, the nutrition, the lifestyle, the supplements, and, you know, something is is not adding up, hopefully this is shedding light on some opportunity for you in terms of where you may be able to investigate further, but also maybe just some missing pieces, some important missing pieces in terms of, you know, the emotional aspects, the nervous system. And again, Abby and I just see that work be such a, you know, profound piece of the overall healing journey. And it's not talked about enough. It just, it's really not. Yeah. And I think when we think about all of the work that we've done in our own kind of personal journeys, like that is so where we come from in the practice and in, you know, creating this podcast for the community, for you all, for our clients. And there's a couple of themes, I feel like, that that Jillian and I kind of reflected on when we were preparing for this, that that started to come up through our stories and our challenges that, that we kind of want to pull out. And the first is like not knowing why things are happening and we feel like we're guessing and going it alone. And that like we have this idea that like our body's working against us and this frustration and this anger. And that's sometimes where places where we might find ourselves at the start of journey. Certainly that was where Jillian and I found ourselves and recognizing if that's where you are as like, that's a white flag of like, all right, am I going to like bury this white flag, bury this red flag and just like walk by, you know, let it go. Or am I going to actually respond to it? And to take it a a step further, can we take a, a moment to recognize that really these symptoms, this is 
a way that our body is communicating with us. And if we can pause and we can listen and we can be observational and we can try to, you know, kind of remove the judgment, remove the the anger that we may feel towards ourselves and just be observational. Just listen. I know that can feel tough when you are very symptomatic and it feels it does feel like your body's rebelling against you, but know that your your body wants to be well. And I think most people do start their health and healing journeys from that place of the frustration and the anger. And I think also what I always say to to clients or potential clients is that there is nothing more stressful or scary than not knowing what's going on in your body. So I think that was a theme for both Abby and I, you know, sort of wrapped up in this first point as well in terms of it's scary and frustrating to not know what's going on, but know that these things don't happen for no reason. Yeah. And then it's carrying it into like, this is a word that I'm like reflecting so much on actually currently in my life and come back to, but like, trusting that our body is telling us something and that it's okay that it's telling us that. Like just as Jilly was saying, like they're, they're signs. And can we like trust that you're like, all right, I, I know you're telling me things that I don't want to hear, but I'm going to trust you body that those are things that I need to hear. And so this is, it's purposeful what you're telling me, even though like chronic fatigue and chronic constipation, like don't feel great. And, you know, eczema and all of those things don't feel great, but it's kind of like, okay, like you're giving me a loud message because maybe I wasn't listening to the, to the subtle messages, to the little messages. So you got louder. And in a way, like, thank you so much body, because now, you know, maybe I can U-turn myself before it's like a diagnosis. Yeah, it, I think there's opportunity wrapped up in that in terms of being able to try to listen and, and develop that trust and, you know, starting to at least take steps towards working with your body. And I think with the the world, the culture that we live in, you know, with diet culture and, you know, all of the messaging out there around fasting, elimination diets, eat less, work out more, it's easy to, you know, fall into the, the trap of almost like punishing the body when it's not giving us the signals that we want. But I think when we we can listen, we can trust in the body and just pause to be really intentional about the things that we're, you know, supporting our body with. That's a really, really, you know, kind of great first step. And then the other thing that I think was a big, big theme for both Abby and I in our healing journeys was not accepting that these symptoms we were experiencing were just normal or were just how it's going to be. Even when we came up against a lot of ceilings and in terms of just providers not offering maybe the support that we were looking for, not feeling heard or understood, I think we would both really just kind of share or encourage everyone to, you know, not accept that that's your norm. If, If you if your gut is telling you that, you know, things are off. I think that's a really important piece of things because it can get discouraging. Knowing that, you know, you deserve to feel amazing in your body and advocacy step it can feel challenging because it's like, I don't feel well and I'm maybe like tired and, you know, exhausted and I want this to be solved. But really looking for a provider who feels like they hear you and who feels supportive and who you actually like to work with that it might sound crazy to say it that way. But Jillian and I have both heard from people who end up in our practice or our programs that they worked with people who maybe were in the functional field, but they're like, I just didn't like them from the start. Like, and maybe not that they were like bad people, but they were like, I just like didn't click with them. Like, but they were kind of like, I wanted it solved tomorrow or yesterday. And so I just like, I just, I just went in to work with them. I just like started. And you know, that little bit of, and I'm can be like so impatient. So I'm like talking to myself when I say these things, but like taking that. Yeah. 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 Like (laughs) lessons, this is lessons for Jillian. I actually, Um, (laughs) 
But like taking that extra time to say, like, let me find someone who like who actually feels like they like I I kind of jive with their energy, you know, to live in like the, the woo woo world that I like so love to live in that we both love to live in. But like because that's a big part, like they're a partner in your health and they should make you feel supported. Absolutely. And I think that partnership, that trust, the collaboration is so important. And also know that it's OK if you decide a person isn't a great fit, you know, on both ends as client or practitioner, as a practitioner, when I'm speaking to someone, a potential client, not only am I, you know, evaluating all of the details or complexities of the case to get a sense of, okay, do I feel confident I can help you? But also, is this jiving? Is this a good fit? Is this going to be a, a, you know, a great journey for both of us? Because it's not an easy journey. So know that as the the client, the patient, it's okay if you need to kind of try some things on or maybe, you know, say, okay, this provider isn't the right fit for me and kind of keep, you know, interviewing people or connecting with people until you find someone and that feels really right for you. Yeah. And the last and and probably most important, I don't know, we'll use that, but the taking the gradual, the consistent and like the guided path and that commitment to yourself to show up for yourself and that you are deserving of being shown up for by you, your actual self showing up for you, but also for others to show up for you too, for that provider to show up for you, for your loved ones around you to show up for you, that you are so deserving of that, that, you know, is that sometimes the opportunity of that emotional healing that is the reasons why some of the physical might come into our lives for us to like really work on like, I am deserving of feeling amazing in my body. And what are the things that I need to like invite into my life to achieve that? And maybe even what are the things that I need to send out of my life or the, you know, the the boundaries I need to protect or the things I need to adjust to bring myself higher up on the priority list, which I think is really challenging in our world, but particularly challenging for women. But slow and steady wins the race. As, as Abby and I both just revealed, we are not the most patient people in the world. And we can totally relate to you and all of our clients that want to feel better. But, you know, really committing to that process and, you know, the you know, small, consistent habits and shifts in the way that you show up for yourself, that is where you are going to see true sustainable progress at the end of the day. Well said. All right, all. Well, we hope that that was helpful, enlightening, and some insight into, you know, why we do what we do and how we got here, really, so many ways, literally and figuratively. (laughs) And we are excited to just continue to support all of you and share the lessons that we've learned and continue to learn through this podcast and through this community. And I know each one of you has a story and that story we want to hear. We want to, you know, know who is in our community. So if you are certainly if you're struggling and you need support, like reach out. We are present and open to that on Instagram. It's probably the best way to kind of engage with us as a community. But if you need support, even just in that emotional support of somebody to like understand, but certainly, you know, if you're if you're looking for more tangible kind of what are those nutrition, those lifestyle, those supplement kind of supports like Jillian and I also are here to support you in that too. You said it best, Ab. We're here to support you and we're really looking forward to hearing more about your journeys and hopefully connecting with some of you along the way. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Your Body Has Your Back podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and make sure to share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think might benefit from listening. Make sure to follow the Your Body Has Your Back Instagram and to share your favorite episodes. 
and definitely tag us as you start to live out the Your Body Has Your Back lifestyle. We can't wait to see it. If you're looking for more support on your gut and hormone healing journey, connect with Abby and I over on Instagram. You can follow Abby at Above Health and you can follow me, Jillian, at Jillian Greaves RD. Thank you and see you in the next episode.